When the screaming finally stopped, Charlie was simply saying ow over and over again. It was quiet and measured and clearly a million miles from the necessary volume and choice of suitable words that most would have chosen, having just fallen backwards out of a loft. Caitlin was on her knees, tentatively trying to examine the injuries. She was saying the odd reassuring line while she tried to work out what Charlie's right arm was doing. The elbow wasn't the normal shape, that's for sure. But her harlequin bomber jacket covered it to the wrist. She could see a huge bulge inside it. It looked like a sock stuffed inside another sock. Was this her two arm bones forming a new and mangled intersection, she thought. Across her face were bruises above both eyes and the sort of cut that was trivial in comparison to the swelling and bruising that would follow for weeks. She was rigid, curled in a ball, mumbling and trying not to cry. She didn't seem to understand where she was. Ambulance, please, said Caitlin, and then briefly explained the situation to the operator. She was quite a fan of the documentaries about the emergency services, so she had an image of a woman with tattoos, a huge coffee cup and a keep calm and don't swear at them postcard near the desk. Over three hours. Oh, okay. I think I might try and drive us in if that's all right. There was no way poor Charlie was going to move anywhere yet anyway. Caitlin bent down and placed her hand on her hair but one of the pigeons got in her face so she chucked off her outer shawl and threw it across the hallway which sent the ginger cat tearing off back into the bedroom again. Charlie, I think we need to get you to A&E, darling, she whispered, pretty much into her ear. She held her warm hand on her back trying to inspect the extent of the injuries. Can you just tell me where it hurts the most? There was a 30 second pause. Can you text people the party's off, please? My password's 2010. And then she went back into her cave of pain, saying this to taking everything out of her, for now. Caitlin got up and hunted for her phone, and found it under a pile of makeup. Her lock screen was her and Peter in Victorian costumes striking a pose. She wrote a quick message in the wild swimming chat and then pasted it into every recent message that she could see that referenced the party. There were a few immediate replies, probably people on their way out the door at that point or even halfway there, but now that was done, Caitlin just went back down the hallway because she'd heard a sudden scream. Charlie had managed to roll onto her back and lay spread eagled on the floor with her eyes firmly shut. She was actually crying now. The swelling above her eyes was doubly worse. And that's when the task of moving her began. The pot noodle vending machine sign flickered with a dying bulb. The beef and tomato one was vegan, but the chicken and mushroom one wasn't, apparently. Strange. Although neither contained any actual meat, Caitlin knew that. She carried a king chicken and mushroom back to Charlie in the fracture clinic by the rim of the pot so as not to burn her fingers the bones in her right elbow were all broken but luckily they were all still in place 
She was waiting for a cast whilst lying on the bed chatting to the porter. Her white harlequin makeup was smeared across her face, covered in blood, bruising and tears. What have you got there? Charlie said, as Caitlin landed the steaming pot noodles on her tray, looking very proud of herself. I took a photo. It was from a vending machine. Look, I've never seen anything like it. Caitlin rested on the very edge of the leather chair with a huge back and watched Charlie lean into the pot noodle with her left arm, scooping up the hot dripping noodles with the little plastic fork. But this wasn't going to be very easy. So Caitlin dragged her chair closer and indicated whether she wanted help, to which Charlie nodded. Already adjusting to the debilitation of the injury, both women leant forward. Charlie anchored the base of the pot and Caitlin scooped, dripped, and then gingerly placed a few strands of the sandy-coloured noodles into Charlie's mouth. God, there's nothing like them, is there? So the nurse said that I'm up next, by the way, so I reckon we'll be back before BBC Breakfast starts. The feeding continued, as they watched the harassed-looking cleaner bashing her phone in between replacing bin bags. Maybe an inept partner struggling to make school-packed lunches again. Or another problem with the government gateway password, maybe. The woman wiped her forehead and sighed, and then she saw Caitlin and Charlie watching her. So they quickly looked away and focused on the noodles. It ended up being nearly time for scam interceptors by the time their taxi dropped them off at Charlie's. She carefully shuffled in the door with her arm cast in a bright green pot from wrist to a few inches below the shoulder. She walked in sideways, leading with the other side to protect herself from knocking it. Everything was how they left it. The lights were still on. The nuts and crisps were in the bowls. Having rained heavily overnight, the pumpkins outside had not only long since been extinguished but had collapsed in on themselves and were now waterlogged. Caitlin immediately offered to make them some tea and porridge while Charlie got changed and washed as best as she could. The sight of the loft ladder, the open draughty hatch and the sprawled pumpkin lights on the top of the stairs made Charlie stop and shudder for a moment. She tried to laugh it off but her bottom lip went a bit wobbly and she caught a gasp and swallowed. And then she sat on the toilet for a little while for some familiar respite. Caitlin stirred the porridge in figures of eight. The rhythmic motion of the pearly mixture made her eyes feel heavy. It was meditative and calming, while only the sound of gentle water running upstairs kept her in the world. Now there's someone I think you ought to properly meet, said Charlie, wandering into the kitchen in her dressing gown and looking vastly improved in appearance. The trauma of the night before had been washed off as best as she could. Her hair was tied back, her slippers looked like a pair of shower puffs, and under her left arm she carried the ginger cat, like a sack of spuds. His face was sheepish and sullen, and a bit bored looking. This is Leopold, she said, lifting the fat cat up in the air a bit to try and make things more formal. And he wants to apologise for being a bit weird last night and also for not lending a hand dragging me down the stairs and out to the car. Caitlin smiled and cupped the cat's ginger face in her hands 
and scratched him in the sweet spot behind the ears. It's very nice to meet you, Leopold. And what a fine literary name you have. Now, would you like a little bowl of porridge too? Charlie put on a slightly terrible Dublin accent and moved his head up and down a bit to say, yes, please. 